that's one of our other priorities, keeping our clients up to date on these developments. And, and to that end, we've created a weekly regulatory update on COVID-19 developments impacting the topics that we cover for our clients. And, and that's something that we've been publishing weekly. And in fact, it's up on our, our website for general consumption as well. So that can, that's kind of where our priorities have been gone for the most part. Connect, influence, optimize. You're listening to The Channel Channel, a podcast for executives and others involved in the authorized sale of electronic components. Brought to you by the ECIA, the Electronic Component Industry Association. Working to promote and improve the authorized distribution channel. Welcome once again to The Channel Channel. This is Don Alario, Vice President of Industry Practices with ECIA and host for this session of the Channel Channel. Our podcast sponsored by the Electronics Components Industry Association, covering topics that are important to the participants of the electronics supply chain. So today I'm joined by Louise Forrest, who for many years led the global regulatory compliance team for compliance and risk out of Cork, Ireland. Good afternoon, Louise. Good afternoon, Don. Uh, nice to be here with you today. No, thanks for joining us. We're excited to have you. Before we get going, though, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your organization. And, and I think recently you just moved into a new position too, right? That's right, Don. So I have been with Compliance and Risks for Oh, I think coming up on 12 years now. So I joined them in 2008. So my background is law um, and I am trained as a lawyer and practiced for a number of years. And I was at a juncture where I wasn't sure would I continue with private practice or would I do something else? And I read about a company called Compliance and Risks, which is headquartered in Cork, where I am also based. And it has offices in the States and London as well. And it just seemed to be in a really interesting and timely space in that the, so the, just to give you a little bit of background about Compliance and Risks, the founder of the company was Damien McGovern, and he was a young barrister in Brussels uh, working for Deloitte. And he was overwhelmed with the volume of official journals landing on his desk every day and how to keep up with all of this information and this regulatory content. And I think it was probably at a time as well when, you know, regulations were growing and growing and are still growing now. And he just thought there has to be some better way to manage all this information. So he came up with our flagship product, uh, C2P, which is essentially a knowledge management platform where you can keep up to date on the regulations. And it kind of takes that heavy lifting away from clients where they're not trying to rummage through and see what, what regs and laws are relevant for them, but all of the content is there and it's structured and they can see what they're applied to their product. So this was the idea and I, I read about it and I thought it just seemed really interesting and, and very timely. And I applied and luckily I was accepted into the Compliance and Risks family. And I joined as a regulatory analyst and I suppose, you know, I studied law, but I wasn't really familiar with regs to do with triple uh, E products. So I had a bit of a, a, a deep dive on all the, the regs out there on triple E products. And 
I worked my way up to lead the global regulatory compliance team for the last five years and only in the last month or two have I moved on from there and I'm now focusing on new content areas that we may be, may be getting into and also our knowledge partner network that we have at Compliance and Risks. Well, you know, I, I can tell you that uh, I've worked and been aware with aware of your company for many years and and I got to tell you, you guys have really added value, I think, to the industry with the work you're doing. So I look forward to working with you in your new position, too. Good. Thanks for that, Don. I do as well. So let's stop here before we go any farther with the questions and maybe have a little bit of fun. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite word? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a, a tough question. What's my favorite word? Um, I think it's difficult to pinpoint any one word, I have to say, um, but I think actually a word springs to mind and this is because I came across it recently, which is at work we have um, an online social forum, which we use even more so now with everyone working remotely and one of the threads on it is wonky words and my colleague Catherine posted some wonky words that she came across recently and I think it was some of the best words literally ever and one of them was discombobulate <laughs> so okay. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure it's my favorite word but I think it, it's a good word I think it's the sound of it uh, you know you, you kind of get the meaning from the sound of it so you know bouncing around or a state of confusion or or people so i think i think it's a good word especially for now in these times where everything is a bit thrown up the up in the air with them um, with COVID 19 so i'll go for discombobulate no that's a good one i love that <laughs> word matter of fact i think it's uh, very appropriate even when you're, you're thinking about or talking about regulations yeah absolutely they can they can be definitely discombobulating <laughs> yeah for sure well that was great thank you very much louise okay i'm gonna i'm gonna move on to our first question here with the covid 19 continuing to disrupt the world what is compliance and risk focusing on what you know what are you focusing on and, and maybe, maybe talk to us a little bit about what are your top three areas of focus well, I think, I suppose, given the times that we're in at the moment, um, and there is, you know, so much upheaval and so much unknown with the pandemic, I think, you know, you, you tend to reprioritize as, as a person and as a company. I think in times of change, you, you reprioritize and you review and assess what's important. And I think, you know, we've been doing that at Compliance and Risks. And, you know, you peel it back to what matters most. And for us, it's, it's customer satisfaction. That's what matters most. And, you know, obviously, we're always thinking of that. But, you know, you can be busy thinking of 100 different other things as well. But when things are a bit in a state of, of upheaval as they are now, you kind of go, okay, well, what's most important? And it is customer satisfaction. So I think that is definitely something that we're focused on at Compliance and Risks at the moment. I think what else are we, we focused on? I suppose, you know, like many other companies across the world were grappling with, you know, what does this new normal look like when we go back to the office? I suppose we're in a good position in that we are used to, to some remote working within the company because we have a globally dispersed office and we have people in Ireland, the UK, the US, and even as far flung as South Korea. So, you know, we do have familiarity with working remotely. 
but that said there's there's a lot to work through in the detail and i think this is the same for many many other companies you know what's it going to look like when we return to work how are we going to keep two meters away what signs do we have to put up and i think even for us it's how do you maintain that um you know that that camaraderie and that good office spirit that we had pre-COVID-19 and you know one thing that springs to mind one that we do every month is that we have a birthday day during the month to celebrate all the the birthdays of that month and uh, one of my colleagues is a brilliant baker bakes you know lots of different cakes and brings them in and we all come down and we um we share it but you know how is that going to look now when we all have to be you know socially distanced so I suppose that that's what we're looking at too and I suppose another focus for us is keeping our clients up to date on what is happening in terms of the regulatory landscape as a result of COVID-19 and I think I was reading something recently which is just just to give you an example of of the type of content that we're coming across or the type of developments that we're coming across there is an EU energy regulation um, that's coming into effect uh, it has a, a deadline this year and it, it applies from there's a transition period and then it's applying for next year from March next year but it's basically manufacturers of appliances and electronic displays have to have this new scaled down label for their products it's a rescaled label and they have to have this on their products by November of this year but the reality on the ground is that many of the, the factories and the labs have been closed so they're not able to do the testing to produce this information to put on the label and also because many of the shops have been closed, they have stockpiles of products with the old label. So, you know, very sensibly, the European Commission came out and it said that, you know, you have to take a practical approach and these are unforeseen and exceptional circumstances. So they've said that if national surveillance authorities don't enforce the obligations, that the Commission will actually refrain from launching infringement proceedings as long as the lack of enforcement doesn't go beyond what it is required and by March of 2021 when the regulation applies the label is on the product so I suppose what you see is a more sensible and relaxed approach in terms of compliance deadlines or you know certification um, deadlines that, that companies have to would otherwise have to comply with so and I think that makes makes sense so that's one of our other priorities keeping our clients up to date on these developments and, and to that end we've created a weekly regulatory update on COVID-19 developments impacting the topics that we cover for our clients and, and that's something that we've been publishing weekly and in fact it's up on our, our website for general consumption as well. So that can, that's kind of where our priorities have been done for the most part. No, that's great, Luis. And, uh, you know, we appreciate that. And I'm sure that the next two years, year, 18 months, whatever it is, there's going to be a lot of chaos within the regulatory mm -hmm. deadlines, compliance deadlines. And, uh, and by the way, you know, you being a service partner now with ECIA, we have your website mm -hmm. up on ours. And our, our people have access to all, a lot of this information that you're talking about. So we really appreciate the partnership that we have with you guys. And we do too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, with that said, what do companies in the electronic component channel need to be aware of? What regulatory or compliance changes should they be paying close attention to? Another good question, Don. You know, I suppose COVID-19 has dominated the headlines for the last number of months. And things like 
Brexit has perhaps faded into the background a bit. And I'm not sure about on your side of the water, but on our side of the water, we heard nothing apart from Brexit nearly for the last number of years. So I suppose in one way, COVID-19 has taken that off the headlines, but the fact of the matter is that that is still something that's, that's really happening. And at the end of this year, the end of the transition period will be, you know, it'll be the end of the transition period. So people will want to know what is the regulatory landscape going to look like in the UK post-transition and the UK has made it very clear that they want to have control over their own laws and to remain outside of the jurisdiction of the European Courts of Justice. So that has implications for the things for things like REACH, which I'm sure many of your members are probably concerned about. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. So, you know, from January 1st of 2021, the UK will create its own independent chemicals regulatory framework, which is going to be called UK REACH. And I suppose this raises questions as what will be the differences between the UK approach and the EU approach and how will it actually work on the ground for businesses? Now, the UK government has come out and said that it is committed to maintaining the fundamental principles of EU REACH and in the recently enough proposed environmental bill, in Schedule nine of, 19 of that, they've said that they will not make regulations that will amend the protected provisions of the REACH regulation. And they've go on, gone on to set those out, what those protected provisions are. But the reality is, you know, we just don't know what it will be in practice. And it's, it's hard to see that there won't be some divergences um, in all reality. There, there probably have to be some. So I suppose that's something that we have to keep tracking and see how that actually pans out. And to add salt to that, DEFRA, uh, the Department of Environment in the UK, has had to pause its work on the chemical strategy because of the pandemic. So it means that clarification is still some way off on that. And I suppose what other, what other things do you need to be aware of? I think probably as well, many of your members are involved in the whole space of connected products this is a really hot area at the moment and we've all read the eye-watering statistics of the number of connected devices out there and how many there will be by 2025. I think they're saying 65 to 75 billion IoT devices will go online globally. So developments in regulation surrounding data protection and cybersecurity is also something to watch out for in the space. Previously, if you manufactured a fridge, you didn't have to worry about data and you don't have to worry about cybersecurity, but that's no longer the case. These are areas that you now have to worry about as well. And so that's something that we're tracking closely and something that actually our own clients hauled us into, into that space of monitoring and tracking data protection and cybersecurity laws, because it was something they were concerned about. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I heard that there were like 20 billion IOT connection points today. And to your point that you said earlier, by 2025, it would be as much as 65 to 75 billion. That's incredible when you think about, that's triple what it is today. Yeah, it's, it's just huge. And there's no sign of it stopping. You think our homes are, are so connected in every ways. And I think as well now that we're working remotely, there, there's more of a need to connect online. That triggers a thought and a question here. I know some of our members have been tracking and they've been concerned about this. You know, what about SCIP? You know, the substances of concern in products, which is something that is being driven by the European 
chemical agency and it has a deadline i believe of this january 2021 which i know a lot of people are really struggling with do you have any information or any comments you want to make towards that yeah, absolutely. That That's a good one to raise, Don. And that is something that's definitely of concern to our clients. And we're getting a good few inquiries on this. And you're right, you know, from the 5th of January, all manufacturers and importers of articles in the U containing the SVHCs will have to sub submit details of the articles in this new SCIP database. So that is something that we're tracking closely. As I mentioned at the start there, I, I'm heading up Knowledge Partners. So we have an external network of knowledge partners that we work with. And, and one of our valued knowledge partners, Rena, are actually doing a webinar on this, this topic on the 15th of July on Etch's Skip database. And it's on what is it and, and how do you comply? Because I'm not sure what you're hearing, but I, I think a lot of our clients are, are finding that it's, it's coming quite quickly down the line for them. Yeah, I agree. So thanks for that. And uh, keep me informed of that webinar. I'd like to get that out to our members. Yeah, I will. I will, Don. Okay. Well, great. Well, hey, I've got one more question here. So what global trends do you see unfolding in the second half of 2020 and 2021? So I suppose it mentioned IoT, the whole IoT space. So I think that's an area that's just going to continue for the next, um, you know, the next number of years. I think another area which is popping up that is, is trending at the moment is circular economy and repairability of electronics. So there is a lot going on in that space at the moment. And as many of your members most likely know, earlier this year in March, there was a new EU circular economy action plan that was published by the commission and you know it forms part of the EU green deal and that's a roadmap essentially um, to make the EU economy more sustainable and to make Europe carbon neutral by 2050 and, and you know that's something that I think most of us will be on board with we want a more sustainable economy and you know we want to keep products in circulation as long as possible but it's you know how do we do this on, on the on the ground so involved in, in that it, there is actually um, a circular electronics initiative so this is something which I think is important for those involved in the AAA industry to be aware of. It's shifting to ensuring that products are designed for greater, I suppose, sustainability. So, you know, we, we've heard about energy efficiency regs and um, we're familiar with those, but it's, it's not only, let's say, improving energy efficiency, but it's going beyond that. It's going on to things such as durability, making the products more durable repairability, upgradability, maintenance, reuse and repair or reuse and recycling. So there's definitely a focus on this coming into play. And I think that's going to continue for the next year or two. And I think from what I've read, the commission envisages that this circular electronics initiative will continue the existing policies, but also, you know, bring it to the four new policy instruments that will focus on the likes of mobile phones, tablets, laptops, and there's also talk of the introduction of a common charger, so and improving the durability of charging cables. And already work is underway on the 2020 to 2024 eco design and energy labeling working plan. So I think, again, this is this is a hot area that's going to continue for a while. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're going to be a busy individual here for the next few years. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, as I'm sure lots of your listeners will be as well. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely no. you know. I think Damien had had a good idea to begin with. All right, <laughs> this is uh, it isn't something that's going away. No, not at all. You know, and, and I, we really appreciate the information you've shared today. This is a complex area. It is very difficult to stay up with on a global, international basis. And again, we, we thank you for uh, joining us today. And on, and on behalf of ECIA, we want to, you know, express our gratitude for you joining us today and sharing your, your expertise with us. Is there anything in closing that you, that you want to add here at the end? No, I think that's it, Don. I just want to say thanks very much for inviting me on. And I really appreciate the opportunity and I've enjoyed the conversation. Great. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Don. You too. Okay. Bye-bye.